as Christians, uh, we believe that God is Trinitarian in his nature, okay? So he exists as one God in three persons. We have God the Father, Jesus the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up, uh, and, and a lot of our view towards the Holy Spirit comes from our upbringing, doesn't it? Uh, it comes from our upbringing, what we've experienced, what we've seen. And, and I remember growing up, uh, and when I grew up in church, um, the Holy Spirit wasn't really ever talked about. And, 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 and so when I um, came to faith and, and, and was growing and maturing in my understanding, it was interesting how much I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and maybe that's, that's some of you. Maybe uh, it's something uh, to where you had no idea, but all of a sudden you maybe walked into a church, because, man, churches can be weird, amen? And, and some of you are like, are they weird? So uh, you walk into a church sometimes and you see things happening and you hear things happening, or someone asks you, well, what do you think about the Holy Spirit? And you go, he's good, I believe, but you don't know. And, and, and so some of us, we maybe grew up in a church that never talked about the Holy Spirit or acknowledged the Holy Spirit. But for others of us, maybe we grew up in a church or, or, and it was, everything was about the Holy Spirit. And that's all you heard, right? That's all that was preached. That's, that's all that was talked about. And, and so literally you have people coming uh, into a space like this and I say the Holy Spirit and immediately you're brought to what I don't know or everything I've seen and heard and experienced uh, and how it's everything. And so I hope that today we can just have some clarity here, knowing that so many of us, honestly, we don't know much about the Holy Spirit. We, we are, uh, there, there's a lot that, that we don't know. Uh, and, and, and like I said, uh, when we're called to talk about him, we don't know, really have a framework and how to respond uh, to people. And so I'm just gonna kind of give us a high level here uh, from the Old Testament. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we see him involved in creation. So from the very beginning, the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. We see him throughout the Old Testament inspiring God's uh, spokespeople. In other words, the people that spoke on the behalf of God were inspired by the Holy Spirit all throughout the Old Testament. We see him e equipping and empowering God's people. But then in the New Testament, uh, at the beginning of the New Testament, we see him active in Jesus's life. Okay, in fact, in, in uh, Matthew chapter one, we read how Jesus was conceived uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, uh, so he was conceived by the Holy Spirit at Jesus's baptism. When Jesus was baptized, uh, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove, which I would imagine was insane uh, to see. And, and so what we see is Jesus not only uh, is the one who uh, gifts us the Holy Spirit, but he himself was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we read that he in his life was led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, in fact, in that famous interaction with, with him and the devil where he is being tempted, he's been fasting for 40 days, it says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. 
Okay, so we see that um, happening. And, and then uh, Jesus in John chapter 14, uh, in John chapter 14 through 16, actually, he speaks to the Holy Spirit and he's talking to his disciples as he's about to leave and he's warning them. Uh, and let's look at some of these verses. We're gonna look at John 14, 16 uh, and 17 and then uh, chapter 14, 25 and 26. So let me start. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then in verses 25 and 26, he says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then right before he sends to, uh, ascends to heaven, and I read this a couple of weeks ago in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says this to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so what Jesus is, is doing here is he's telling his disciples uh, that he's leaving and they're bummed, they're confused, they don't like it, but he says, listen, don't worry. In fact, it's better that I go because I am going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He will be with you. He will live in you. He will teach you. He will remind you the words that I have spoken. And ultimately, he will empower you for what you're called to do. Okay, so there should have been anticipation, right? And yet there was more uh, confusion. But today, as we walk through this, um, there are some specific things that I wanna emphasize uh, to us this morning. Uh, some things that I, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. And these are three things that I really want us to focus on this morning. And one is his personal nature. The second piece is his testimony. And then lastly, what he points us to, okay? And, and, and so when we talk about his personal nature, you guys, the Holy Spirit is a person. He, he's not an entity or some impersonal uh, force, okay? I, I want you to notice, in fact, let's look at verses 16 and 17 here. I want you to notice the personal pronouns that are used to describe him, okay? It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees, there you go, good job, nor knows, you know, for dwells in you and, you will be, and he will be in you. Do you see that? Okay, the Bible repeatedly testifies to the personal nature of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it, he's a he. And so we see him as a person. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, it, it says this. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit can be, can be grieved, can be grieved by us. In fact, we also see that he can be outraged. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 29, it says, 
How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? So the Spirit can be literally outraged. And then we read about, uh, in Romans 15, 30, how he can love. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. So he's saying the Spirit loves. These are the characteristics of a personal being. Okay, guys, this is so important. Uh, as I was studying, this is the thing that I really believe God was like, man, you need to hammer this, uh, is you guys, the Bible commands us to walk by the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit and to walk by the Spirit. How are we to do that if we have an impersonal understanding of the Spirit? How can we do that? Because how you understand the Spirit's nature is going to affect the way you relate to Him. Okay, uh, and we see this in every, in every area of our life, right? Like some of you, um, how you approach a person, uh, let's say you have a new boss and the rest of the coworkers have said, listen, or maybe it's a new coach or something and they're like, hey, don't do that. They are big on this. They're passionate about that. Um, they get very annoyed if you say that. And so you approach them accordingly, don't you? If the Holy Spirit is not this person, this, this, this distinct personal uh, God, then, then how do we approach him, right? It, it's very impersonal. It's, it's disjointed. It's disconnected. Uh, um, because here's the thing. If I believe that he's just this impersonal force in the nature, the, impersonal force in nature, then I am going to approach him that way. Now, um, Early on in the pandemic, when it became clear this thing is not going away, uh, I decided to watch movies that had like, you know, part one, part two, part three, whatever. And, and so I was like, you know, I got to kill the time. This is awful, you know, and I got to get out of my mind. So, uh, so I decided I'm going to watch all of Star Wars. Now, yeah, you're like, oh. I've been preaching and you're like, oh, finally, uh, Star Wars. Okay, um, <laughs> you're awake. And I hadn't watched them all, okay? Like I hadn't, and everybody quotes Star Wars and everything else. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch Star Wars. Now, guys, there's a lot of them. I don't realize there were that many. Like my wife would come upstairs, what are you doing? I'm watching another Star Wars. I don't know how many more, but there's another. So, and I'm gonna watch them all. And, and so I watched every single one of those things. And um, when you watch it, I can't believe I'm quoting Star Wars. I've hit rock bottom. Okay. <laughs> but when you watch it, you will see the Jedi. And what are the Jedi trying to do? They're trying to... <laughs> it's good. The Jedi are trying to use the Force. Right? And how they approach that, how they do that is so interesting, 
right? So, so this force, like, and you see Luke Skywalker trying, like, learn how to use this, this, this power source. Uh, and, and, so, and so he's trying to figure out how to use that uh, internally. How do I make that happen so that this, this power force can work on my behalf to bring about this desired outcome, right? So that we can win. So something powerful happens here. So, so that I could be saved from this, right? And, 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 and it's like not this like personal connection, right? It's this distant, powerful thing that they're trying to figure out how to use on their behalf. And you guys, the language that I hear about the Holy Spirit sounds so similar to that. It's like this disconnected force that's out there that we've maybe felt or we've seen or we observed in other people and we just knew that it was there, but there was no connection to it. And so what we've tried to do is just read this or say that or pray in such a way that causes that powerful force to work on my behalf to give me my desired outcome, right? And that's how I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit and I go, whoo, uh-uh, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit of Christianity. That's not uh, what he invites us into. Guys, it doesn't work. Belief in the Holy Spirit means a growing relationship with a person. Okay, it's about getting to know someone so that over time you begin to think like he thinks, that you begin to feel like he feels, that you begin to act like he acts. And that's why Jesus is saying, it's better that I go so that he can come. If he wasn't personal, if he wasn't gonna have an active presence in their life, it would have been better for Jesus to stay, right? Uh, but no, Jesus is like reassuring them and he's comforting them that, that he is coming. And so they don't need to worry. This, this helper is coming, this helper who would have the same essence, the same nature, the same mission that he has. And not only would the Holy Spirit be with them, he would dwell inside of them. They would have a more intimate relationship with God than they'd ever had before, right? Jesus said, John 14, uh, 23, it says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And then, and then Paul uh, later on makes it even more clear in 1 Corinthians 3.16 when he says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So you guys, the Holy Spirit came to dwell inside of us. We are, if you're a Jesus follower, you are the new temple, okay? You are his dwelling uh, place. He has come to make his home in you. And you guys, why is that so encouraging? That's so encouraging uh, because that means that, that he's not just out there swirling around. It, it's, it's crazy how people will talk about the Holy Spirit like, I just gotta figure out how to catch him. Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get him. And, and then when I get him, maybe because we say Holy Ghost, so they just like think he's a ghost, you know? But, but we'll literally like, how do I like uh, reel him in and get him to like, and, and it's like crazy. I'm, they're like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, well, he's in you. Are you a Jesus follower? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm on the hunt. He's right here. He's in you. He's in you. 
Now, I love that, you guys, because once again, you don't have to spend all your time going, how do I find him? Where is he at? But also what this tells us, because he's dwelling, he's made his home inside of me, that he doesn't only come when I face difficult seasons. Right? It's, it, it, it's not like, okay, Holy Spirit, will you just come now? Like, no, he's there. He's already there. So before you face the difficult season, he's already there. And so he doesn't just come when you, when you made a help. Okay, life is tough. And, and here's what else I love about this. He doesn't flee from you when you continually struggle with sin. <sighs> right? He doesn't at any point go, okay, well, that's it, Steve. That's the fourth time this week you've done that. I'm out. Okay, good luck. He doesn't do that. Okay, he stays, he's right there. His presence does not hinge on my ability to obey him enough or me just being good enough. His presence in me rests upon the infinite grace and love of God. That's what it rests on. And and here's the other piece of this that I really wanna highlight this morning. It's what he reminds us of, okay? As this indwelling presence, uh, he reminds us of this. Romans 8, 14 through 16. And listen to this. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you guys, when you make a mistake, when you fail, when, 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 when you sin, uh, and, and anytime we sin, sin is uh, doing anything or saying anything or thinking anything in opposition to the will of God. Uh, gosh, when I do that, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like just going, oh, I'm unworthy. I, I don't measure up. Here we are again. And, and you almost just get sick of asking forgiveness. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever just felt like it's cheap now? I, I've literally said, forgive me, I lost my temper for the 30th time. You know, and, and or I, I shouldn't have said that, God. I know I said this yesterday. I said that this morning, but there it is again, right? And, and it almost feels cheap. You feel disqualified. You feel unworthy, right? But you, but you guys, in those moments, this is what's so powerful. The spirit of God is literally saying to you, you are adopted. You have been adopted. You have been chosen to be a part of the family of God. Okay, you are loved, you are seen, you are valuable. You have a new father. You're part of a new uh, family. And, and, and so in other words, what, his, his, what the Spirit is saying to us in those moments is you can make it. Get back up. You are seen, you are loved. And it's in those moments that he not only reminds us that we have been adopted into God's family, that we are loved by an eternal, almighty, all-powerful creator, God. But he reminds us also in those moments of the faithfulness of God. He doesn't discard his children. He doesn't kick them to the curb. Some of you maybe have had a parent that kicked you to the curb. Not this, not this father. This is the almighty, powerful God, and you have the spirit of God, if you're a Jesus follower, inside of you, reminding you whose you are reminding you of your new family. And so there's more in you than you have any idea. And he's reminding us, because we're gonna forget. We are so forgetful, aren't we? 
gosh, the other day, I'm like, God, can I get through this? And he's like, were you alive the last two years? Like, I'm pretty good at what I do. Like, would you just stop talking, (laughs) you know? How quick, right? How quick we forget his faithfulness. And the spirit of God's reminding us, do you know who your dad is? And then we see how Jesus calls him what? And John chapter 14 calls him the spirit of truth the spirit of truth, and he teaches us. It says said in verse 26 how uh, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So he is the spirit of truth. He's gonna bring to mind the remembrance of what Jesus has said. And then in John 16, 14, Jesus says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And you guys, that is why Paul, could declare in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that all scripture is breathed out by God. That's why I could say that. And, and, and Peter writes in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, 21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the agent of truth. He brings truth. He delivers it. He is the one uh, who gave us the scriptures. And he didn't just author the Bible. He's also the one, you guys, who connects it to our hearts. Okay, so he's the one at work uh, when you uh, read it. He is the one uh, when you're reading it and all of a sudden it's hitting you in the heart. That's the Holy Spirit working. He's the one when you're sitting here and, and all of a sudden God is like working. God's maybe calling you out. God's bringing truth and, 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 and he's transforming your heart as you're hearing the sermon. That's the Holy Spirit. I can't create that. I try every week and I fail. He has to do that, okay? We've tried... How many of you have tried to change other people? How did that go, right? You, the Spirit of God has to work. And so the Spirit of God has to work in our study, uh, in, in, in our times when we're, when we're listening to a sermon, when we're worshiping, and guys, in our prayer life. He is the only one that, connect, that can connect us to God and allow the truth of God to penetrate our hearts and our minds. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. God gives us his spirit so we can understand his word. And so the spirit of God is gonna come upon those who believe in Jesus and it's gonna teach us the things that we need to know from him. It's gonna bring to our minds the inspired word of God. And you guys, that is why I pray to him before every message. I pray, God, I need your spirit to work. And not only work in the sermon, but God, work in me. Every time you open scripture and go into God's word, you should be asking the Holy Spirit to work. You should be saying, saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me in these words. I I may not like what I see. I may not, it may reveal, expose. uh, It may give some direction that maybe I didn't want. But but God, I I just pray the Spirit would move and speak in this time. Before you pray, you should be asking the Holy Spirit to to work, to speak, uh, to give you vision, clarity, to align your request with the heart of God. We should be, that should be normal. That should be everything. But you guys, if he is just this disconnected force and not a personal God, you're not gonna pray that way. 
You're not gonna bring him into those moments, right? Because those moments for you are about arriving at some desired outcome and, and, and you may need him or not in your mind. But guys, we cannot walk daily and, and, and thrive in how he's called us to thrive as Jesus followers if the spirit is not actively at work in our lives. Okay, you just can't. And so he's gonna testify to the truth. He's gonna testify to the truth in our hearts, in our minds. And guys, at times, uh, that truth is going to be brought with Conviction, right? John 16, eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So there's gonna be conviction, right? There, there should be. If God's word is being preached, if you are growing in your relationship with him, there's going to be conviction. And you guys, uh, I can't say this enough. Conviction is a gift from God. It is an absolute gift. The spirit convicts you not to bring guilt, not to bring shame. The spirit convicts you to bring you to repentance. Okay? Huge difference. He is actively moving you towards holiness. All right, so he's moving you in that way. And so he's, as he moves us towards holiness, as he moves us in that direction, uh, the direction that ultimately is God's best for us, uh, you guys, he's gonna, he's gonna literally call us out uh, on traits that aren't aligning with our new family, amen? He is gonna say, hey, like, like that, that defined you before when you were a slave to sin. That, that defined the old version of you. But now you are what? You are adopted into God's family. Uh, I reside in you. It's time to take on the character traits of your new family. And so when you say something, when you do something, uh, when you fall back into something, the, literally the spirit of God is like, that's no longer you. You take on this family traits, amen? And, and, and that's what he's doing. And he's not saying that like, see, you, you've fallen again. No, he's reminding me of what he's doing in me and where he's taking me and whose I am. Um, the other day, yesterday, uh, one, of my, one of my kids was, uh, was whining. And that never happens if you have kids. And uh, they're always just happy and want to do whatever you want to do. But uh, <laughs> he was whining and I, and I look at him and I said, listen, we don't do that. And I know, parent of the year, always. Um, <laughs> what was I saying when I said, we don't do that? What I was communicating to my son in the flesh, okay, clearly, was we, when I say we, I'm talking about Goebbels, that's my last name. Some of you thought it was Gobble. There you go. <laughs> I'm saying, listen, bud, you're a Gobble. We don't whine. Okay? That's how we act. Yeah, I whine the last two years, right? Just every day. <laughs> we don't do that. Right, so I'm trying to communicate to him. If you want to be a part of this, I'm such a great parent. If you want to be a part of this family, you're not going to whine. Because we don't do that here. <laughs> That's horrible parenting, just so you're aware, okay? We're transparent, authentic at this church, right? Okay, but we say that, don't we? We do that. 
And what, what, what I'm trying to communicate is we're not like that. And that was, that was completely wrong. But you guys, when the Holy Spirit brings that up, it's a good thing. He's saying, listen, we're not like that. You're, you're, that no longer defines you. That's no longer who you are. I define who you are now. And I'm not only defining it, I'm gonna remind you over and over and over again because you're gonna keep forgetting. But you are a child of God. And so let's take on the characteristic, I can't even speak, characteristics of your new family. Let's take those on, okay? That's what, that's what we're about now. And in the most loving way possible, the most gracious way possible, he once again meets us there when I'm pouting, when I'm acting outside of how I should be. And he, and he looks at me and, he's, and he reminds me, he says, Steve, that, no, that doesn't define you anymore. Let's go. Let's get out of that. I love you enough to tell you that you're not where you need to be. And guys, that is a, that is a gift. That is a gift. In fact, some of you, I would challenge you, start praying for conviction. Ooh, I know. I went there. I'm just telling you what I experienced. That changed my life. There were things that, honestly, I had so hardened myself to that I was doing that were sin. And it got to the point where it didn't bother me. And I remember when I said, God, I'm going all in with you. There were things that I kept doing. And I was like, I know it's wrong, but it doesn't bother me. And so you know what? I started, I started praying I said, God, I pray. I know this is wrong. I pray that you convict me. And he did. And so some of us were like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. It doesn't matter how you feel. In fact, if I was the enemy, I would tell you to feel good. We need the spirit of God to work. We need to ask for that. We need to receive that. We need to know that it's not coming from this parent like me. It's coming from a perfect almighty God who said, I love you. I've adopted you. You're my family. Okay, so receive that. That is in love. And then I want to really um, lastly connect with this point. In John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, it says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, so Jesus says, listen, the spirit is going to come and he is going to bear witness about me. Okay, so, so, so what's our big takeaway here? You guys, the Holy Spirit is always pointing to Jesus. He is always pointing to Jesus. He's always saying, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. He is always teaching us about Jesus. Okay, so, so you guys, this actually explains a lot uh, when it comes to why we speak uh, in such a way when it comes to the Holy Spirit that seems to be different than the Father or, uh, or the Son. You guys, because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be your focal point. He wants you to be amazed by Jesus. He is going to continue as he works in your life, as he works in our church, guess what we're gonna be focused on? We're not gonna be going on, oh, the Holy Spirit, how do we get him, how do we get, how do we? We're gonna be focused on Jesus. He is literally going to ignite us with this passion for Jesus. And you guys, that's, that's the reality in your life. You are gonna see him at work when you are passionate about Jesus because that's, that's what he says he's gonna do. 
I am going to be at work to continue to point you, to direct you, uh, to highlight Jesus and the work that Jesus did on the cross for you. And so when I think about a spirit-filled church, man, I think about a Jesus-filled church. When I think about my life and, and the Holy Spirit working in my life, man, if I'm not passionate about Jesus, if that is not hitting me, if that's not driving me, if I am not brought to my knees by the grace that has been freely given to me, and if that's not happening, man, there's a disconnect because the Spirit of God is going to point to Jesus. And so you guys, as a church, we gotta ask is, is he being emphasized here? Is he being emphasized in my life? Jesus reminds his disciples that the testimony of the spirit is gonna be the spirit. It's gonna be a testimony about Jesus. Not only does Jesus's life and words reveal the ministry of the Holy Spirit, but you guys, we see through the rest of the New Testament, we see highlights of the Spirit's work in our lives as the Spirit continues to do incredible things and point people to Jesus. You guys, in Galatians 5, 16, it says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then it says in verses 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Boy, when you read that, it's just like a knife turning, isn't it? It's like, against such things, there is no law. So if we will walk by the Spirit, if, if, if you will pursue the will of the Spirit. If you will be intentional, knowing it's not some disconnected force, but if you will walk with him, if you will get to know him and say, I wanna walk with you, I wanna follow your leading, you will not do certain things, it says. Isn't it crazy how we, come, we become so fixated on the things we don't wanna do and, and if we just focus on what we should be doing, we just wouldn't do those? And so we need to take our focus not, and, and remove it from, from all our failures and our flaws, our flaws and the things we keep falling into. And we just need to like go, man, Holy Spirit, I'm, I just wanna walk with you. And not only do we know that, 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 that he is going to cause us to not do those things, but then we read the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Are you kidding? All the things that, I, you look at that list and I go, man, I want that. I want all those things. I want people to say those things about me. And, and here's what you need to know. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, those are not uh, the defini those definitions, you guys, are not things you can produce on your own. They're the fruit of who? The Spirit. And so the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the self-control, the faithfulness, all of that that he's talking about here, it dwarfs what you can produce on your own. The love you think you've experienced without God, it's nothing. The peace, you've got nothing. All these other things, the self-control, all this, it, it, without the Spirit's work, it's just on you. You can't do it. And so the Spirit wants to step in, wants to take your life, your ministry, uh, your purpose, and absolutely take it to a place that's never been before. And then also what we read is what? Acts 1.8, you be ready because power's coming. 
power is coming to do the work that he's called you to do. And so every single believer, the moment they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, is given spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts to equip, to empower uh, them to do whatever he's called them to do, and it's gonna build up the church and it's gonna unify the church. And so you guys, this is not, once again, some disconnected uh, force that we're like, how do we manipulate it? How do we find it? How do we catch it? And how do we get this momentum? No, it's, are we gonna be a Jesus-focused church that allows the Holy Spirit to continue to direct us to Jesus? And will we make a concerted effort to really develop and establish this relationship with the Spirit through our daily lives? And if we do that, Guys, it's gonna be amazing what he does with your life. And it will be amazing what he does with this church. Amen? Guys, this has to carry over. It has to in your life. It's like when you read all this about the Holy Spirit, you're like, what have, what have I been doing? What have we been doing? Okay, let's let him have his way. All right, if there's something right now that he's revealing, guys, deal with it. It's coming from love. He, he, he doesn't, he's not okay with that being in you anymore. Deal with it today. If it's going, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna establish a relationship. Establish a relationship. Or if it's just going, man, I don't, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is great, but man, that's not, that's not the theme. That's not, that's not what's going on in my life. Guys, there's a disconnect there. Let's get things right with him and let's allow him to work because I, I truly believe what the spirit wants to do in this church, you guys, is nuts. Why? Because I don't know how many locations we've been to in the last five years and he's kept us going for something, for something, something big that only he can explain and you're gonna be a part of it, amen? Let's pray.